0: Let's own this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Next Level Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Joseph the III, and I want to thank all of you so much for tuning in every single week to this podcast. Next Level Leader has become one of the leading podcasts on leadership in the country because of you. And we appreciate all of our listeners from around the United States and around the world who are constantly sharing this with others. And that means so much that you're doing that. And I really appreciate that so much. Hearing from so many of you each week truly inspires me to continue to push forth because this is the place we're trying to expose you to some of the greatest strategists and thought leaders and emerging leaders on the planet. So we believe you deserve the best and we try to bring you just that. Also, I want to We encourage you to follow me. This is your first time with us. Please make certain that you follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I like to stay connected to all of our subscribers because we want to share content and things that are upcoming. And we truly appreciate that, like our new book, Leadership and Loneliness. Do you have your copy? You should. By now, hope you're doing that because I absolutely want to put a copy in every, every listener's hands because... It's a book to help us navigate what it means to be leaders in this space of loneliness and isolation with the visions you have and trying to have folks who get you is difficult. and You have to understand what I call leader language and help people who are working around you understand that. So for all those of you who have gotten the book for your teams and a variety of different universities and corporations have done that, thank you. And all of you individuals who have gotten that, I appreciate you so much. So thank you so very, very much. We have in this series on winning women been so incredibly blessed to have voices that are transformational, uh, not only in our community here in Nashville, but even around the world. And today I am so excited because this is a treasure, a North Star, if you will, in our community. A young, progressive, African American woman who is doing it on another level. LaDonna Boyd is truly a gift. She is a Spelman graduate, Tennessee State graduate. She is just an extraordinary woman in her own right, a woman who understands business, who understands what it means to take a company and move it forward. She is one who knows how to build consortium and a team. She comes from an amazing legacy of business and uh, and community engagement and philanthropy, and I'm going to let her talk about that. Uh, She represents one of the premier publishing companies on the planet, and I'll let her talk about that because that runs generations deep as well, and I'm so excited to have her with us today, and of course, I want to welcome the one and the only LaDonna Boyd. Welcome to Next Level Leader.
1: Thank you. I certainly appreciate the invitation to participate today.
0: Well, we want to know for our listeners, tell us, you know, who is LaDonna Boyd? What is the lineage? What is the history? What Tell us, who is this amazing woman we see right now? Because I know you stand on the shoulders of so much legacy, and I would not do it justice. So I'm going to let you tell it.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much. You know, it's definitely been an honor and a blessing to be able to carry on the legacy. So I am the fifth generation president CEO of RH Board Publishing Corporation right here in Nashville, Tennessee, so, you know, they call us unicorns now if you were born in Nashville and still live here. So it's interesting um, to be able to say, well, I'm not just first generation. I've actually, my family's been here for five generations here in Nashville. And it's been a wonderful opportunity to see how locally this city has grown and just to kind of understand how my family has had some impact on that. It's truly special as well. So R.H. Boyd Publishing Corporation, founded in 1896 by my great-great-grandfather, his name was Dr. Richard Henry Boyd. Uh, We were originally founded as the National Baptist Publishing Board. So that is our historic name. And then in 2000, my father um, updated the brand and the name changed it to R.H. Boyd Publishing Corporation. So we are the oldest, one of the oldest black-operated publishing um, institutions in the country. We have one of the oldest Black-run newspapers as well, stemming from 1900s called the Union Review. So that's available online as well and in print. So it's fascinating to be able to go back into our, our archives and just see what has happened through history from the perspective of the Black narrative and the Black voice. And that's just what we've done since our inception. We've given a platform to the Black voice. Most of our content is centered on faith and um, resources for churches. So The reason that my great-great-grandfather founded the business was to be able to give newly freed Black people the opportunity to control their faith life and their, their worship experience and to understand faith from their perspective, not from that of the oppressors. And again, that's just what we still do to this day. So not only religious expression and freedom, but just talking about issues that are relevant to the Black community. And it's written by Black scholars and educators. So so that we are forever indebted to our, literally our generations of, of supporters and those that have been purchasing the product. So definitely an honor. And again, thank you for thinking so highly of our organization and for including us in these conversations.
0: It is amazing when you think about the generational success that you've had in terms of building content that was relevant in every generation mm-hmm. uh, to really help folks you know, walk out their faith and live that out of the communities in which they live. And one of the things that I think is important uh, for leaders, and we want to press you on this, here you are fifth generation and publishing one has changed, as you know, tremendously. Right. And not only that, but I think how content is disseminated in this generation has changed as well, which then says as a leader, how are you able to navigate the ship by preserving the amazing legacy of this amazing publishing house and the history and all of that, but yet still maintain efficacy and relevancy going forward so that you can continue to maintain that sustainability as you're doing? What's the secret there?
1: Well, you're absolutely right. There's been so many shifts and transitions in the several fields that we are present in. So it's a, it's a, conversation that we have pretty often, if you will. How do we maintain relevancy, but historical accuracy and the nuances that we we want to share, again, from the Black perspective and making sure that we're reaching different generations. So it's definitely a balancing act. Still, our our biggest medium, if you will, is printed materials. So we still have a pretty solid base of those customers that prefer, you know, paperback or hardback books, but we also have eBooks and Advanced digital content, video curriculum series, other things like that that can appeal to the masses, as well as social media presence, of course, and the YouTube channel, and and all the things, if you will. There's always something new that comes about that we have to stay on top of. But you know, our bread and butter is still printed content. And you know, over the years, um, the question about well, has digital or eBooks killed publishing? And the answer is is no, because publishing itself is the creation, it's the content creation. So regardless of how you distribute it, you know, publishing, the concept there has not really shifted. It's accuracy, it's development of ideas, it's making sure that you know, data is correct and, and things like that. So that has not shifted. It's just we have to get more strategic with the delivery methods. And we do have an on-site production facility. So um, just through efficiencies and different technologies, it's been able to scale that down a little bit so that... And it's easier, if you will, to physically produce material because the, the machines are so much, it's far more advanced now than they have been previously. And, you know, we definitely have invested lots of money uh, into our presses and, and other equipment that we use. And it's still running, you know, every day we're pumping out content. Yeah. So that's definitely been a blessing as well.
0: You know, I think it's uh, fascinating when you think about being on the front lines of shifting culture. I see what you're doing in content. You make a very powerful statement about publishing itself has not changed, but the distribution has. But the idea of publishing content, which certainly has a role to play in how culture shifts, how culture affirms the African-American story which your publishing company does so well. It stays married to the narrative of Black folks and their contribution to faith and the history and all of what that means for the Black church. And when you think about that level of stewardship, right, you think about being at the helm as a leader, because you know, you are truly a leader. And you think about the fact that now you have to be responsible in some sense of what content gets out there, because once that content gets out there, it's hard to get it back. Right. How do you see that stewardship and responsibility in terms of, you know, hey, man, I'm responsible in my generation for making certain we get this right.
1: Absolutely. You're right. Once it's out there, you can't get it back. You know, we can't retract it. So uh, we definitely have to make sure that we employ the correct resources and talent up front. So again, all of our curriculum and different materials, you know, these are scholars that are writing it. You know, everyone's got their, you know, master's degree and PhDs and, and advanced education and, and have used the knowledge practically as well. So that's why we're able to relate um, to customers at different levels, whether we're doing items for children or, you know, advanced um, content that's taught in universities and seminaries. So we have a very wide range that we, that we employ. So that has definitely been very helpful. And again, we want to make sure that everything is properly vetted. So we're always asking for feedback to make sure that we are, you know, hitting the target and providing the resources that people want. And it's interesting kind of going back to the previous question as well, talking about how there's been a shift in in the medium. Things are going digital, which is great. That's great for efficiency. But I'm always thinking about longevity and preservation. You know, there's a reason why you can go back in time and history and find artifacts. You know, you can go back into the pyramids and, you know, uncover things from previous civilizations. And it's because there were things that were written, you know, whether it's written as in, you know, we think of like, artwork or, um, you know, writings on the wall, literally, or on tablets, or on papyrus, or on on things like that. Like, those are tangible things that we're able to put our hands on. And that's why even with the digital world taking over, you still have to have printed books. You know, your iPhone will not be around for years, but I guarantee these books will be. (laughs) Like I said, I can go back to my archives, and I was flipping through them uh, last week, and I found um, or I was reviewing one of our papers from 1901 and pulling some content and imagery, literally from 120 years ago. I can't do that on a digital device. So um, yeah, I think we have to remember that and, you know, keep your own records, like tell your family story, uh, you know, and I'm glad that that's something that has had more traction as of late. People were really doing Um, inquisition into where they really came from and are making notation of that because that's not something that, you know, black culture has really been able to do just because of the effects of of racism, of slavery and intentionality and tearing black families apart. So, you know, my fortunate enough that we are able to go back and read the story of what our great great grandfather has done. And it's important for black culture if they can't go back in time to start it right now.
0: You know, I think that's important, even as we are sharing in this podcast, I'm sharing it in our church in Nashville, a series in Bible study on the book of Revelation. And the very premise of the book of Revelation is John being instructed to write what he sees and the fact that he has written that and left it as a document gives absolute validation of what you said about being able to write things down and being able to use that as a historical reference and archive. And I, I agree with you, <laughs> It's no substitute. I mean, I write books and I, I love the printed book. I love the feel of it. I love to the, the pass that down to my children. I know what it means. And, you know, when you think about really a generational success, don't want to talk about this just for a second, a lot of, a lot of companies, a lot of people who get involved in business. They inherited, if you will, or it's passed down the generation, and you've seen this narrative play out. And a generation could not sustain it, right? One generation works so hard. You see it in restaurants, or what have you. We have few examples of successful successions, right? But more times than not, uh, we see a lot of things fall off, and they don't necessarily maintain that level of excellence. What I know about your family, it not only is this publishing house, you know, w- was founded the oldest. African American Bank in the United States, Citizen Savings Bank. You go to the African American Museum, the Smithsonian in D.C., and there's Citizens Bank, I mean, literally there. And that's, that's your family. And you think about five generations of success. I want to know what's the secret of the success in the succession line? What is the secret? Because it's important for our, our listeners to hear that because we don't want people, you know, walking into businesses that their parents have worked and grandparents have passed on and they're unable to sustain it, unable to maintain the level of excellence that you consistently demand every single day. Like, what is that secret, you
1: think? I would say, and I don't know if I know all the secrets per se, but I think what has been helpful for us is just understanding the mission. So again, you know, as we talked earlier earlier, the mediums change, the technologies change, the you know, the nuances and social culture changes, but the missions always remain the same, whether it is for Arch Boyd, you know, making sure that we're centering the black narrative in publishing or Citizens Bank, making sure that we are centering black community and being able to provide access to capital and help them achieve what we, you know, call the quote unquote American dream, whether it's education, home ownership, starting a business. So those will stay the same throughout the generations, just the way that you do it has to shift. And so for us, you know, it's, we've been blessed that more traditional methods have worked. But now in this new world, this new age, you know, things change so quickly. We have to put intentional focus on being able to, to stay on par with what's going on. And I think, you know, obviously with COVID and everything that's gone on, every business had to shift immediately. And we were fortunate enough to have already invested in the technology and the opportunity for our staff to be able to, you know, fully work remotely. We just flipped the switch and, you know, everyone had access, had the hardware, had everything that they needed to be able to continue um, working and, and pumping out the materials and meeting our deadlines and things of that nature. So I think you have to have some type of, foresight because for me technology has always been very important and I know we needed to do an update in that and I pushed so hard for it and because of that when you know everyone had to shut down all of a sudden Mm -hmm. we were able to keep on keep on moving so uh, just stay on top of the trends but understand the history the mission the vision and the tenets if you will that are really the core of the business.
0: You know, one of the things I've shared on this podcast platform is a theory and you've just said it in so many words. And I talk about, you have to marry the mission. You have to date the method. You have to be to death do us part with yeah. the mission. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're in it to win it. The mission, mission not changing. Right. Now the method, method, we date you, you know, you, yeah. might, you, you get it. And so, and then that's how you maintain relevancy. And that's how, you know, mm-hmm. you have maintained this level of excellence and you have made our community so proud. Your father, your family. I just love your father. Oh, my God. He's such, such think, a renaissance, yeah. quintessential leader. He's my guy. I'm telling you, your dad, you know how I feel about him. I, mean, I get emotional. I think about his contribution because he was before his time mm-hmm. in this city, in Nashville, and, and, and what he gives and still continues to give back and do. It's just an extraordinary thing. And and I want to talk just really quickly. Nashville has something that's very unique in our city Uh, the Museum of African American Music which is the only of its kind in the United States and your family is very much involved in that our family is involved and so many families are involved but y'all are really involved and I want to talk about Mm -hmm. what that means to you because you guys are so philanthropic so giving back to culture and what it means to again elevate the African American experience talk about that just for a moment
1: okay yeah so we're definitely very proud of that museum that just recently we did a ribbon cutting on MLK Day this January so that was Amazing, and it's now opened um, for limited capacity, if you will, on the weekends. And then as we progress more in COVID protocol, we'll be able to open at full capacity. So we're definitely excited that people can now go in and visit the National Museum of African American Music right in the middle of downtown Nashville. And that is so important, just that placement, because it really solidifies how important Black music is to to our culture and to all genres of music. You know, every genre from blues and country and Pop and everything has roots in black music. So, about I'd say probably almost twenty years ago, my father, Dr. tv Boyce III, and his dear friend Francis Guest, they came up with this idea to do this museum. So it's been a labor of love, <laughs> if you will, getting it um, from concept to now being able to walk through the door. So we're definitely very, very honored um, to have been part of and still part of that that mission. So our um, family in our company, we are one of the major donors. So um, we did make a seven-figure gift to the museum. And as soon as you walk in, you see the Boyd Family Gallery. So it's for the changing exhibition. So in that space, it will always be a new story, a new journey, um, if you will, telling the narrative of, of Black music. And I am on the board, which has been quite interesting to be able to see that perspective. I was asked to oversee the Construction Operations Committee. So just having the opportunity to have influence and, in, you know, talk about design, talk about, you know, regulations and you know, flow of the museum, where should the bathrooms be, like things like that. <laughs> right, right, right. Quite, <laughs> quite fascinating for sure. So we're honored. And also, you know, going back a few years, um, as you mentioned seeing citizens in the Smithsonian at the National Museum of African American History and Culture, um, in D.C., like that was a, a fascinating um, journey as well because we do have exhibitions there. So what you see in there from Orange Boyd and from Citizens and, and just Boyd family, um, I did all those applications, <laughs> you know, working through that, that process. So seeing how museums are developed from, you know, acquisitions, actual um, development and building has been amazing. So we were a major donor at the Smithsonian Um, museum as well so to be able to walk in there see our family name on the wall and see how we've been able to contribute to black history in real time um, has been a gift and a blessing and to you know be there with the ribbon cutting the obamas and oprah and all of these figures that are so you know aspirational um and and to just be in there and and share that space was phenomenal
0: your family has such an blessing upon them. I mean, you guys are doing so many different things. And really, I think it speaks to, you know, the history of African-Americans in the United States. You go back to the Renaissance period and you just being connoisseurs of literature and art and music and culture. And you guys have literally continued that even into this generation. And I think that speaks to you know who we are as a people. And I, I think it's so important that these stories are elevated. And, and I'm so impressed with you and, and you know this because, you know, we serve on boards together and I've seen you work. I've seen your passion. And I think about young women who are listening right now and say, my goodness, like, you know, I need to know who this is. I didn't, you know, Madonna, boy, yes, you do. Because this woman is doing it on a major level. And I want to, I want to just ask you a few quick questions before we close out. I ask guests these questions, just, just kind of pop up questions and, you know, because I think it's important for people to understand what motivates you, what, you know, what what are your fears, et cetera. So I want to know, like, if just a very short answer, a few quick questions. What what motivates you? What
1: motivates me? Hmm. I think it's just, again, the legacy and the history. Um, being able to continue that is definitely quite a motivating factor. And then also for me, um, I like to to represent something that's not necessarily, you know, being expressed in the media and and for me that is like black femininity black womanhood black pride black entrepreneurship like all of these things that represent who i am you know i'm kind of the antithesis of what's being promoted about black women so i want especially young black women to see a different narrative and have a different aspiration and someone that they can look up to
0: awesome who inspires you Who inspires
1: me? Wow, there's so many. Um, firstly, the women in my family, again, going back generations to see how their support again helped shape our business. But then just in, in current times, like I love Oprah Winfrey, you know, Michelle Obama, Kamala Harris, like all of these dynamic black women that represent elegance and poise and fashion and, you know, positions of power, um, have been really great to see.
0: And my final question to you, what's next? What's next for you? Yeah, what's next? All these amazing things you're doing. What's next? What's coming down the pipe?
1: Wow. Well, certainly different types of, of media. When I think of our company, we're actually about to launch a podcast soon and oh, wow. just kind of having our hands in different different areas. So how do we tell a story, but outside of you know print and social media, but really how do we dive deeper? So whether that's, TV, some film, things like that. We are certainly open to those opportunities. And then just for me, like I love all things beauty, wellness, and lifestyle. So looking at some opportunities there as well, just for the personal brand expansion.
0: You know, <laughs> you are relevant, you are necessary, and you are appreciated. And you inspired so many continuously every single day, so many women, so many men to do what God has called them to do. And we are so grateful and thankful for for you and all that you're doing, the publishing house and the museum at the bank, every single thing. And because you'd let everybody know if there are folks out there like, man, I, I need to support this publishing house. I want to, you know, get my church on board or get, I want to get some stuff myself. How can they support your publishing house? Tell us about that.
1: Absolutely. So our website is www.rhboyd.com. And there you'll find information about purchasing products, whether it's curriculum or you know, we have apparel, we have fiction and nonfiction. We also have author services as well. So if you are interested in having your book published, certainly reach out to us there as well again, www.rhvoid.com. You can also check us out on Instagram at rhboyco, and we're also on Twitter as well. So would love to, to hear from everyone out there. We definitely have a full suite of services and products that we can offer.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, you heard it there and you heard it from the CEO. Yes, you did. So, listen, thank you so much, LaDonna. We appreciate you for being on Next Level Leader Podcast. And you are truly, truly a story that we believe everyone needs to hear. And all of you who are listening, thank you. Share this with as many folks as you can. Continue to inspire others by sharing with them the content that comes to you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember, until next time, the rest of you will be the best of you. Until then. Be blessed. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting with you.